your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. As always, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. It is always greatly appreciated. So on today's episode, we will be discussing the Avalanche 5-3 loss to the St. Louis Blues over the weekend. A valiant effort. Tried to come back. Thought they did. Turned out, was a kick. Or was it not? Or where that we'll, we'll get into it because there's a lot to digest there. Uh, we'll so we'll talk about the game overall. We will talk. We'll hear from uh, Coach Bednar, who had an issue with it. Uh, we'll hear his press conference after the game, and some news coming out about the Avalanche players who missed this game, which were there. There were a bunch. Namely, Nathan McKinnon. Will he be ready to go for this road trip? And then there was even some Jack Eichel to the Avalanche news. Was it serious or not? I'll dive into that a little bit and give you my two cents on uh, what the Avs maybe were thinking with uh, contacting the Buffalo Sabres and Jack Eichel. First things first, follow the show on social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concern, concerns, opinions, go to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And now check out the show's YouTube channel over on YouTube. Just search for Locked On Avalanche there and hit the subscribe button to get notified whenever a new episode goes live. All right. So the Avalanche were... I don't want to say completely decimated when it comes to this game against St. Louis. They were down people. Let's not kid ourselves. They were down people. You're you're down Nathan McKinnon, uh, his second game because of uh, COVID protocols, which he's still positive, still asymptomatic, but does not have two consecutive negative screens. So he is out until that happens. Obviously, you're down Devon Taves. You are down uh, Val Nichuskin, who is now out. I think he's uh, week to week, Nichuskin. Uh, you know, you're you're down a handful of guys. You obviously you're down Gabe Landeskog, game one of his two game suspension. So you're going in down, you know, big guys, big name guys that this team heavily relies upon. So a lot of moves were made, and the Avalanche didn't even have 12 forwards going. They had 11 forwards going, and then what happened is one of them in uh, Mateau got hurt. I think he only played five minutes of ice time. Not even. Three minutes and 39 seconds of ice time before he got hurt. And then we heard yesterday from Bednar that he's going to be out weeks, and it didn't look good when he was coming off the ice. So now you're down to 10 guys. Was it? Yeah, it was down to 10 forwards. So before the game, Jared Bednar was saying this is going to be a a blender of a game mixing and matching uh, lines and players, and it absolutely was. 
overall, from a, a complete game standpoint, I thought the Avalanche played relatively well. And and I said that on Twitter, like people were just like crushing them because they they were looking at the score and they were down three to nothing, which I get that they were down. Well, they only gave up one in the first and then they gave up two in the second and were down three to nothing. And it was just like, yeah, of course, you know, down three to nothing is not where you want to be. But look how the team was playing. I thought overall they had gotten better. They started off poor. And I think that was to be expected because of all of the the different, the newer guys that came up. You have depth on this team. And that depth, when the team is healthy, will perform like they're supposed to perform. When that depth now is moved up and expected to take on more of a role, some of those guys can do it. Like JT Confer, I thought, had a very good game. But now the guys that are replacing the depth, the depth to the depth, I guess, so to speak, that's asking a lot when you have this many guys kind of taking over those roles. Is it impossible? No. And I think the Avalanche, as the game went on, got better. The, the first half of the first period didn't look good. And I, I was kind of expecting that. I was kind of expecting a, a team to get off to a slow start, just weather the storm, because this was St. Louis's first game. This was their very first game. They were going to come out flying. And that's exactly what they did. And I think the Evans did a good job holding them to one goal in the first. And as the second part of the first period was going on, they looked better. And they continued that in the second half or in the second period. And then they, they but still they had nothing to show for it. But Burakovsky got them on the board and it was three to one after two. And then it was four to one after the Perron uh, goal. And then you had Tyson Jost and then JT Comfer. And then it looked like Jost had another one to tie it at four. And it went to the review and uh, they, they disallowed it. And this is where people are kind of up in arms right now. And to some certain extent, I am too. Uh, if you, if you want to see, I'm, I'm putting it up on uh, Twitter right now. Uh, not on Twitter. I'm sorry. On the uh, on the YouTube page. So let me blow it up for full screen so people can see it. But uh, the the question is, is it a kick? Is so it's the distinct kicking motion. Is that what it is? Everybody wants to point to the Vegas game, which clearly, in my opinion, was a clear click and kick, and they allowed it. This is is tough he's he's kicking in in the fact that yes his skate is going forward is he getting pushed from behind so his momentum is carrying him forward which is forcing his foot to go forward as if to stop himself if he doesn't move that back forward back foot forward he's going to fall on his face so i think it was just bad timing where he's moving his skate forward to brace himself because he's getting pushed from behind right when the puck is getting there. And this angle right here, you kind of can see it. Well, maybe not from, yeah, right there. He's get, I mean, there's some weight getting pushed on him from the back. Here you can see the overhead. And here's the issue. There were, and you'll hear it from Bednar too. There were, Two other plays, I'll leave it up for a little while longer, uh, 
that were allowed. The Vegas one, in my opinion, was worse than this, much worse than this. And they let that one stand. Bednar talks about another one in Ottawa and Toronto. And I didn't see that one yet. But apparently that was a pretty significant kicking motion. And they allowed that one. Uh, and this one, I, 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 is his foot going forward? Yes. You can't deny that. You can't deny that his foot is going forward. But you, ha- I think they didn't take into account everything going on in the play and solely looked at his skate and didn't look at, I don't know, I can't see who was uh, pushing him from behind, but he's getting pushed in from behind. And I think he's just trying to brace himself. Yeah, and and just as the the puck is getting there, so my other my other issue is if you had overturned the Vegas one and apparently the Auto Toronto one, if you had overturned those and then overturned this, I don't think anybody has a problem with it. I think this goes to the the issue of we don't know now, and I'm telling you when that happened when when they went to the the replay. In my head, I'm thinking, well, look what you did in Vegas. You allowed that kick in Vegas to stand. So I think people were holding out hope like, yeah, they think that should stand. And then they overturned it. And I just kind of threw my hands up and I was like, I'm not surprised. (laughs) I'm not because it just I don't want to sit here and say, like, you know, Vegas gets away with everything. But it's. If you haven't seen that Vegas kick, please go look at it and tell me what you're looking at where you think it's not. And it just goes to the inconsistency of these rulings from on the ice to suspensions to, to whatever you want to say. It, it's 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 entertaining because you have no idea if they're going to allow something or not allow something. And now we have entered kicking the puck into that, whether it's blatant or not. A lot of people on Twitter were saying, get rid of the rule. Why can't you kick a puck into, and yeah, you don't, you can't grab it by your hands and throw it in that I get, but what is, what is wrong about using your skate? If your arms are being tangled up with a defender and your feet are free, what's wrong with kicking it? I can see that argument. Uh, but right now it's the rule right now is rules. You can't kick it. Did Tyson Jost kick it? When it boils down to it, sure, he did. I think he did. Should that goal have been allowed to stand? Based on the rule? No. Based on how you've been ruling? I think that's a, I think that's an argument to be had. But overall, uh, he, the Avs made a valiant effort to come back. That arena was on fire when Jost did uh, for make that goal for a little while. Uh, but... In the end, uh, you know, they disallowed it. St. Louis got an empty netter. And then uh, that was it. I think if anybody checks out the uh, the website Money Puck, a great, great analytics site, if you like the analytics side of things, everything points to an avalanche victory here. You know, and some that, that this is the game of hockey. You don't always get what you want. They have this really cool feature. It's called the Deserve to Win O meter. And they run 1,000 game simulations based on all of the analytics and stats available to them. 
and they run a thousand game simulations, you could read in detail where they get all these uh, stats from. And out of the thousand game simulations with all the stats in this game, the Avalanche win 65% of the time based on all the stats here. Of course, that doesn't always mean that's how the game turns out. But for this one, that it kind of just tells you who if who played a good game, who played well enough to win. I think the Avalanche played well enough to win this game. You know, you had bonehead moves from like Curtis McDermott, but overall, the Avs should have won this game. And for expected goals, which is a great stat, Avs were right at where they should have been for expected goals at 3.06, and they scored three goals. The Blues, expected goals for the Blues, 2.79, and they got five. Why did that happen? Well, you can go down to Darcy Kemper, who did not have a good game. Darcy Kemper's expected goals against. Now, this is at the if everything went the way it should have gone, expected goals against are what the goalie should have given up, which his number for that is 1.86. So if you want to round it up to two, you can round it up to two. But he actually gave up four goals. That's not good. And then you can kind of go forward a little bit into that and say like, well, Okay, where were those goals that he gave up? Two of them were low danger shots. Those have to be stopped. You want to give up medium to high danger shots, goals, I should say. You don't want to give up low danger goals, and that's what he did on two occasions. So his goal saved above expected. I know if this is like getting a little like crazy for people who don't like the analytics side of things, basically – when the goal sa- saved above expected is a negative number, that's bad. And Kempfer's negative, he was negative two. Sometimes you're negative like 0.5. Here, let me go see what Jordan Binnington was. Uh, his goal saved above, above expected was 0.06 because his expected goals against was 3.06 and he gave up three goals. So he gave up the goals he was supposed to give up, basically, is what this is saying. And I want to look at his. So he gave up uh, one low danger goal and two medium danger goals. So again, Bennington, even despite that low danger goal, still, in a sense, gave up what he should have given up to the Avalanche. Kemper did not do that. He gave up four goals when he should have only given up in between one and two, based on the analytics. So it's just one of those fluke things, but uh, that's why hockey is a great game because you never know. This is going to happen on the other side for the Avalanche. You could say this happened in the postseason for the Avalanche against Vegas in game two where they didn't really look that good, but they won. And, the, and if I go back and look at the analytics for that game, probably it leans heavily to Vegas. But Like you say, doesn't always mean they're going to win the game. Uh, all right, let's hear from... Direct TV now. And does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for everything else. Well, here I am to tell you about Direct TV Stream. It's a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle. And it's a great way to finally get your TV together. And it is Direct TV Stream. <clears throat> it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter 
and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream, and you can learn more at directtv.com. Once again, that, that website is directtv.com to find out more about Direct TV Stream. It's compatible device is required, and content varies by package. Okay. So let's hear from uh, Coach Bednar was not too happy about uh, the the call. And they get, right off the bat, he starts talking about it. So we'll hear from him and uh, kind of make some comments on the other side. So here is Coach Bednar after the avalanche loss to St. Louis. Yeah, I saw the replay. I, I mean, I don't love the call just because I've been watching game in Vegas the other night that guy in my opinion kicks it in game in Ottawa Toronto guy kicks it in seems to count unless it's us at the end of the game from the short season so I don't like it I think I probably don't like it more just because you know I thought our guys played really hard tonight and I thought they deserved to get rewarded especially after the push at the end you gotta be proud of the not only the comeback but under the circumstances of so so many top guys out you could just talk about I mean it sounds to me like it was a moral victory yeah I mean a loss is a loss but yeah I I think you know me well enough by now. I'm not going to judge your team on um, just results all the time. I think there's uh, guys played hard. They were resilient throughout the game. Uh, we talked about a few things that we wanted to make sure that we were good with. Puck decisions I thought were much better tonight um, compared to the other night. I think uh, discipline was really good. We took two penalties. Both of them, in my opinion, were needless. Um, third period, kind of on the push. You know, intensity gets cranked up a little bit. We got caught reaching in on one, and Sam, uh, Bur- Burkowski and Sample, you know, takes an interference call that he probably didn't need to take in that instance. But for the most part, our discipline was good. We wanted to make sure that uh, we were checking the right way. Didn't love our start in that regard. Gave up a few. Um, too many scoring chances early in the game, but Kemper played well in, in the first and, and gave us a chance to kind of get our legs underneath us. And then I thought second and third were pretty good. So a lot of positives, especially with a young group, guys playing all over the place in different situations and handled it really well. But I think the best thing about it is I liked their fight and their competitiveness the whole night. So uh, started out with Nas fight and uh, answering the bell for the fall kit and, and you know, we kind of got going and, and played our game, you know, even though it was a little bit of an adjustment in the way we play, I think we we were able to kind of make some key adjustments and then still get to, to the game that we like to see from our group, which was attack mode, and we did a good job of it. Yeah, we just got to pick ourselves up. We'll look at that game. There's some things we definitely can improve on, especially from early in the game. Um, get ready to go. I don't know what the lineup's going to look like. I have no idea. I mean, it's there's, there's so many balls in the air right now as far as who's in, who's out, who could test negative and get back in our lineup from COVID. Um, right now, we plan on going with what we got. 
and uh, another injury tonight. Obviously, to Mateau left the game with a, a lower body injury. Uh, looked like ankle to me. Uh, he'll get reevaluated again tomorrow, but it looks like he's going to miss some time. I wanted to ask about Kemper's performance. Uh, how many of those goals do you kind of chalk up to defensive lapses and just good play for the and how many were more of the ones that he probably should have? All of them were def- defensive lapses and mistakes. That's how they get, you know, every scoring chance against is pretty much that. Um, I'd love to see him come up with one, you know, especially now that you kind of lose the game by one goal and an empty netter. I'd love to see him come up with one of those. Um, good shots, good shooters in good areas. Um, not a lot of traffic at the net, so I'd like to see him come up with those, and I know he will. So I, I would say... Um, he made some key saves for us early in the game to keep us in it, give ourselves a chance, like the fight and resiliency of our group. I think over the long haul we'll see him uh, play better than that. Do you notice improvements in this Blues team from what you saw in the last playoffs? They're a good team. I mean, experienced team. Uh, you know, they lose Schwartz. They lost Hoffman, two guys that can score, but then they added Saad. Butchnevich, it's an it's an older, more experienced group. They know how to win. Um, but I, I like the way we played against them tonight. I thought we we created some chances. You know, I thought maybe uh, second period we had some opportunities to score some goals and probably outchanced them in that frame after they did to us in the first. Uh, but Bennington looked pretty good in that tonight. So. Um, you know, they're going to be a team that has to be dealt with for sure before the year's over. JT had a tough start to the year last year offensively. So how important yeah. is it just to get him started? Really it's important, yeah, especially like with some of the guys that we lost out of the lineup, Don Scoy and um, Saad, you know, guys that were really chipping in for us last year in the goal department. He had an off year. He's hungry. Um did a lot of work on himself in the summer mentally and, and made sure he came in shape. Didn't love his preseason, but he found a way to chip in some goals in the preseason. He's off to a good start now in two games. Hopefully the confidence comes. Um, like to see that competitiveness out of him. And, and especially at the end of the game, he's involved in what he scores one. Put, he's all over the net tonight. Gets another one that he puts back to the net. I think it went off Jost, ended up being his goal. He's involved at the one at the end that gets um, uh, called back. So I mean, he was—I mean, he was a dangerous player tonight. He was good defensively too. One more, guys. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I liked the way he managed the puck. He—he he was involved physically. I mean, he knows, right? Like he's he's on that line with Miko and Berkey. It's one of the lines that we're going to count on to score with these guys out of the lineup. And they stepped up. He you know makes a great pass on the Burakovsky goal. Probably had the opportunity to shoot the puck a couple times that he didn't. I like to see him put a few more pucks to the net and reward some guys for going there, create some chaos. Um, but he's been good from day one of training camp. You know, like it's. Uh, he, I, I think missing the playoffs for him has kind of stuck with him a little bit. He wants to have a real good start. He's had a great attitude, great work ethic. Um, you know, just keep him disciplined and keep playing the right way hard and um, get that 200-foot game going from him that he's had through uh, exhibitions, what we need from him, and hopefully he can continue with it.
All right. So I, I am really surprised nobody really asked him about Curtis McDermott. Um, I was I was willing to give McDermott a chance. And I mean, there's still part of me that that will because we can't say like, oh, it's early in the season. Uh, you know, these guys work, need to work some rust off and then not allow him to do the same thing. But he he was just horrible. He was horrible. And, and to be someone that's that size and <clears throat> to want to kind of like play around with the puck or at least try to make a, uh, you know, a, a stick move with, like, as a defender to, to like a poke check away and the guy's right in front of you and you don't take him out, just take him out. That's what you're there for. Don't try to get cute and make a, a poke check. Uh, I, I don't know, like he, which led to a goal, led to a goal. Um, but let's first hear from Built Bar, and then we'll continue this conversation. But you know Built Bar well, and you know it, and you love it. And they have they are the best tasting protein bar on the market, and they have so many delicious ch- flavors to choose from, such as coconut, mint, brownie, double chocolate strawberry cookies and cream german chocolate the list goes on they constantly introduce new flavors and if you haven't tried them you can get a mixed box where you will get two of each of the nine flavors available and not only are built bar their flavors are great tasting but they are healthy they have 17 to 18 grams of protein calories range from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar only four to five grams of net carbs Great flavors, all tasty and all healthy. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So yeah, McDermott was bad and you can tell by the, the time on ice that for the defenders, <clears throat> the lowest outside of McDermott was 15 minutes and 42 seconds, and that was Ryan Murray. Everybody else had above that. McDermott had 10 minutes and 23 seconds. So, yeah, they were not too happy with how he was playing. Usually there's a a pairing that is is low together, and it's usually that last pairing, especially when you're down, your top pairings will play a little bit more towards the end, and that's true for forwards as well. Uh, and you usually have a pairing that is around – the same on the low end, you know, and, and Murray had five more minutes plus than McDermott did. Um, and outside of that, I didn't think there was anybody that was glaringly bad. Like McDermott was, I am telling you, I thought these guys played a, a relatively good game and they're going to have to do it at least for one more game at least for the game against Washington, which I don't think is until Thursday night. So they have to have a, a few days off here. Let me just double check the schedule, but <clears throat> um, they, they, they're going to, they're going to need to, you're going to see a lot of these guys again. Um, let's see. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yes. No, wait, I'm sorry. Tuesday. The Thursday game is against Florida. So Tuesday night, they're playing uh, the Capitals. So you're going to, you're not, I don't think you're going to have Nathan McKinnon because he has not, he continues to test positive. So he's not going to be around. This is your second game without Gabe Landeskog. So he will be back for the Florida game on Thursday. Um, 
and you're going to have you're going to have the, the these fill-in guys but if they can play that way i think people are happy about it overall they competed it was a good comp- you always throw that term out there it was a good compete level but uh they know nathan mckinnon won't travel with them at least to washington because if you're positive you can't even travel with the team thinking that you might be negative the next day. It doesn't work that way. You cannot travel if you are positive. Devon Taves, according to Bednart, will travel. He has nothing to do with COVID. It's just injury-related. He can travel with them. Doesn't seem like he's going to play against Washington, but he is on the right track and could play before this road trip is over. It's just a three-game road trip. Washington, Florida, and Tampa Bay. So it's possible he could play by the end of it, uh, but he is going to travel with them. So, and the other big news, and Elliot Friedman was reporting on it, <clears throat> that the Avs and the Buffalo Sabres talked. <clears throat> they talked about Jack Eichel. I think this is newsworthy just because the Avalanche made a phone call. And Elliot Friedman, best in the business, you know, he, he, he finds out about that. He's going to report on it. Apparently, the talking stopped when the Avalanche wanted Buffalo to retain salary and Buffalo said, we're not going to do that. And that's where the conversation ended. So I don't think this was much of a conversation at all. I think uh, I think a lot of team, what he he's reporting on it because it's the Avalanche and the Avalanche are a you know, a, a uh, supposedly a top of the line team this year competing for the Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup favorite, all that stuff. So, yeah, when when they're going to go after a guy of Jack Eichel's caliber, that is news. Any team that goes after him is going to be news. But when it's one of the best teams in the league, maybe that's even, mo- uh, you know, more news uh, and heightened news. But the answer the Avalanche got, I'm sure a lot of teams that have called have gotten that same answer. And I think that conversation was a minute long, if that. I, I'm willing to believe Joe Sack had called, said, uh, we're interested if the price is right, but you need to retain some salary. Buffalo said, we are absolutely not going to do that. Joe Sackick said, it was nice talking to you. I don't even think they got to names uh, from the avalanche anyway. Don't even think it got that far. Because if the if the Sabres had said yes, I think the Avalanche would be open for business, depending on how much they're retaining. If it's like a million bucks, no. And that's the downside. I think the Avalanche are going to want them to retain maybe like half this guy's salary or maybe 40% of this guy's salary. The Avalanche just don't have the money to bring in a $10 million a year player right now. So, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody in Avalanche is sweating it. I don't think names were thrown around because it didn't get that far. So, uh, but I think you got to call, call, see, see if you, if you don't make that phone call, you're not doing your due diligence because if you do call and say, you know, you have to retain salary and Buffalo says, sure, how much do you want us to retain? And what will you give us? Then you start having conversations, but it, it's not going to go that far. So uh, I, you can pretty much count the avalanche out on Jack Eichel and I, Never talked. I never mentioned his name on this podcast until right now, because now it was reported 
Uh, and I think that's for a reason. The Avalanche are not real players in getting him, so we can kind of forget about that. Unless Buffalo has a complete change of heart and says, okay, we'll retain salary. Who are you going to give us? Then we'll bring this back up. But until that happens, it's, it's pretty much over. All right, everybody. That's going to be it for today. If anything else happens throughout the day, we will be back to talk about it tomorrow. Um, but that's where we're at right now. Everything is, is uh, it's, we're two games in. So we, we got a ways to go. Everything is all right. No worries. Um, all right. That's going to be it. Thank you guys for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. Definitely check out Locked on NHL for your second listen of the day and uh, get up to date on everything going on around the NHL. So we will see everybody tomorrow. Thank you again for tuning in. Always a pleasure. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.